Welcome back to the Loftcast, the home of the official QBR podcast. After a much-needed three points at home to Barnsley on Saturday, this week we're joined by defender Joel Lynch, who, for my money at least, was the R's standout performer at the heart of the hoops back four this weekend. And as well as looking back on that win against the Tykes, we'll switch the focus of attention to this Saturday's trip to Molyneux, the home of tabletop in Wolverhampton Wanderers in the Skybet Championship. It's all coming up on the Loftcast. Andy Sinton, Matt Webb, thank you for joining us on today's Loftcast. As I said in the intro there, a much-needed win over the Tykes. Three points in the bag and it's a happier week for everyone. It was a huge uh, a huge game, a huge win. I think, uh, you know, going into the game, I think we were 17th, six points clear of Barnsley, seven points clear of the bottom three, uh, coming off the back of a poor form- performance down at Bristol. So um, the importance of Saturday's game, I think you couldn't uh, you couldn't stress enough. For me, it was a game where the result was far more important than the performance, and I think that's the way the game panned out. We needed to win it, and we did. It was a poor first half, wasn't it? Uh, Rangers lined up with... What looked like a, a four at the back at times, which sometimes switched to a five. What did you make of the changes that Ian Holloway had made and, and the way he lined up for the visit of Paul well, Hackenbottom? So? Well, I think he hinted that he was going to make some changes. He, he was far from happy with what he saw and what we saw down at uh, uh, Bristol. Mm. So he made a few changes. You know, um, it's great to see James Perch back, you know, after his injury, um, back in the fold. Um, but like any manager, when you win the game, you get your selection right. So uh, no, delighted for everybody. Poor first half though, Matt, wasn't it? It was a, a half of very few clear-cut chances and Rangers really huffed and puffed their way through that opening 45. Yeah, Barnsley arguably made the better start to the game. We, we were sitting up in the press box and saying George Moncur, who was probably probably Barnsley's best player, he was finding quite a lot of time to manoeuvre in midfield. Um, and yeah, up to, up to half-time really, it was a really disappointing. It was a disappointing first half, not, not much happening. Um, and then going into the second half, kind of, really helped by our scoring so early I think it seemed to really really settle us and I think the game changed from there a little bit didn't it so how key was that save then from Alex Smithies on the stroke half time from Adam Hamill Adam Hamill Adam Hamill has has created uh, and scored wonderful goals over the year you only have to look back at the wonder goal he scored for them at Wembley a couple of seasons ago to get them into the championship he can Pack a punch, can't he, when he lets fly from distance. But Alex got across well and saved well. It did remind me of the goal that George Friend scored for Borough a couple of weeks ago here when it really rifled into the top corner. Thankfully, on this occasion, Alex was in the right place at the right time to tip it over. Yeah, yeah. you mentioned Hamill. You know, he's a good player. He comes on his right foot from that left-hand side. He puts great deliveries in. Mm. He can strike great balls. It was a, I think it was from a throw-in that, that obviously worked uh, quite well you know and he's hit the volley I don't think he can hit it any better if you looked at his reaction I think he thinks he scored because he gets that late dip on it yeah but Alex um made a made a fine save you know didn't have a great deal to do on Saturday Alex but what he did you know he came for crosses and held he came for one great punch and got it to safety and a couple of key saves so uh, no that was crucial he was always there when we needed him um Ollie said to his players at half time that they needed to relax a little could you understand what he meant by that when the players came out and said that at full time? Yeah, uh, very much so. It was evident to me there was a little bit of, I wouldn't say nerves, but a little bit of tension, a little bit of apprehension in their play. You know, Is that due to the magnitude of the game? Yeah, I think so. Everyone you know, understood and, uh, the importance of it. Yeah, and, and that's that's good to uh, a degree that they, they do understand that, but mm. sometimes it can affect your performances. You get a little bit too hyped up. You're, you're so keen to do well that you... Try too hard? 
try too hard almost and you know that can be uh, reflected in your passing your movement etc etc so i can fully understand what he said just relax um you know someone take a grip of the game someone show a little bit more composure because everyone wants their teams to fly around and show energy and passion well sometimes you know you've you've got to show that but you have to show a little bit of quality as well mm. so i think that's what he was meaning by relax and that bollocking or whatever you want to call it that he gave him <laughs> at half time it certainly had the Desired impact, didn't it? Um, I think we can use the word bollocking on this podcast. We're all friends. Paul Morris, who's pulling the strings, looks rather scared right now. But we'll go with the bollocking or the... uh, Yeah, we're going to go with it. Um, Those words that Ian Holloway had with his players at half-time then, that certainly had the desired impact because from the start of the second half, Rangers were really pedalled to the metal, weren't they? Yeah, I think, as I said before, I think the goal really helped... Um, the way the first half was going, really couldn't see. Well, Barnsley created probably arguably the better chance in the first half, but you wonder how the game would have gone if Rangers wouldn't have scored at that moment. Uh, the, the, early, the early goal really did seem to, to settle us down. And What did we, just before the goal, sorry to interrupt there, just before the goal, there was obviously that incident, wasn't there, where Matt Smith, for about the thousandth time this season, goes to ground in the box, appearing to have been manhandled to ground. What was your, you were on the gantry since... Webby, you were in the press box. We had different views. You were one side of the stadium. Me, me and Webby were yeah. the other. What did you think from where you were at first? Since and then I, th- I thought initially it was a penalty. I thought he's been grappled. And if you, I'm a great one being an ex-player. Straight away look at players' reactions. Yeah. And Matty Smith was furious at, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah. at why it wasn't given. Fortunately, a matter of seconds later, it seemed, uh, or it was, immaterial and it wasn't given same from your side about six or seven angles I think it was definitely a penalty yeah I think it was and interestingly and we'll we'll touch on Josh's goal in a second but even after the guys have all celebrated Josh's goal with him Matt is still going out the referee (laughs) saying you should have awarded me a penalty so it was Ollie afterwards (laughs) yeah and Ollie it was one of the first things he said when he came down the tunnel on the goal then um, it was a wonderful culture strike wasn't it from Josh's goal and that for my money at least was probably the best game he's had that in probably the last six to eight weeks, it was like he had a point to prove against Barnes. He started the season superbly for QPR, his new club, but he's just tailed off a, a bit in recent weeks, as, as have quite a few of the squad, because someone like Josh has played almost every game, so you'd expect that at some point. But it was a wonderful strike, giving the keeper absolutely no chance. That was a brilliant strike. It was a goal worthy of winning any game, and it was probably, dare I say it, the, the only moment of... Quality Certainly, class. up until then, the mm. the real quality in the game for both sides. You know, it's uh, you know, I think he scored against us up there. He probably could do with adding a few goals to his game. You know, yep. we 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 label him or people label him with this whole holding midfield player. Yep. For me, it's more to his game than that. He is, he has been asked by Ollie, hasn't he, to sit a little bit deeper yep. than he than he did perhaps when he was playing at Oakwell. Yep, yeah, that's the way we played with our three. You know, he is the more defensive minded one, but he still can get forward. You know, you can rotate as they done. Certainly, uh, earlier in the season, yeah. they were excellent. You know, we're great to see him get his first goal. You know, against his old club. It's Didn't a, know whether to celebrate or not, did he? <laughs> he got to celebrate. <laughs> I think he started and then realised that who yeah. it was against, and then he had no choice because everyone bundled on top of him. Yeah, well, he, he's he's held in high regard up there, and he's got obviously a lot of respect for his his, yeah. his previous club. You know, but uh, he's a Rangers player now. It was a great strike, great goal, and as I say, uh, the way he set it up, you know, his touch makes it for me. Yeah. Gets it outside his body. You can see he's going to start it outside the post and he gets it. Came back in lovely, didn't get, it? Gets it perfectly. So you're 1-0 up at home and you're thinking, right, this is a, a Barnsley team who have got a, an awful, wretched record at Loftus Road. Um, 
and then QPR being QPR, we make it hard for ourselves. Ryan Manning mm. comes on, gets sent off fairly soon, and whilst Ian Holloway has come out and said that he will never stop his midfielders from making challenges like that, it was really a poor challenge, wasn't it? And, yeah, and a um, fair red card. You felt you felt the crunch up in the press press box, so that it it was not a good ta- not a good tackle from from Ryan. Um, but can you forgive him? You look at the. The surface, it was very wet, skiddy underfoot. He's just got there a fraction late, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, I mean, um, Paul Heckingbottom, uh, now Leeds boss, he said afterwards that, you know, he, he can see that the players, you know, he's, he's made a ch- attempt to go for the ball. It was a bad attempt to go for the ball, but he could see it was, he's, he's an honest player and, he, and he's tried to go for the ball. I know he was late, but he's seen the honesty there from Ryan. He's not that kind of player, is he? So, um, Did we see then after that that, aside to QPR, that, QPR teams over the years have maybe been accused of not showing that side of really digging in and gritty defensive, but also being able to spring forward on the front foot because we arguably had as many chances with ten men in the last twenty minutes as we did in the in the previous seventy. Well, we had to defend. We had to defend really, really well to start with. Uh, you know, he went with sort of two banks of four and left Connor up front on his own. Mm. Uh, had to withstand a little bit. They had a bit of uh, sort of possession, but actually, in credit to Ollie, I'm, I'm on commentary and I'm thinking, you know, you're always trying to think when you're under a bit of pressure, what can get you out of it? And it's the pace up front. And I thought you made a couple of really, really good right, did well. yep, yeah. substitutions, which, Stretched him, didn't yeah, right. which could turn defensive play almost into immediate attack, which we saw very late on in the game. Yeah, because Sorry, I was going to say, it was a nice contrast to Bristol City where they've gone down to 10 men. Yeah. We didn't play the game well, but we've gone down to 10 men in and that situation did. and played it a lot better. So It's amazing what, what difference a week makes. During that final 10, 15, 20 minutes, whatever it was, we defended manfully, didn't we, with 10 men and, and none more so than the guy we're going to hear from very shortly, Joel Lynch. He, he was fantastic, probably throughout the 90 minutes, actually. I, I'd probably argue probably his best performance in a QPR shirt since his He's moved down from Huddersfield, but there was that big chance for them, wasn't he, which he diverted over the bar. And another time it might have gone in on another occasion. But he showed in that final 15, 20 minutes that he can be a real asset when he's at the top of his game. He was excellent, as you say, throughout. Um, you know, Not just with those challenges, but they were, they were vital. I thought his performance, as you quite rightly say, was certainly his best for a long, long time. Does it clearly suit him playing on the left-hand side of that back three, albeit Jack Robinson's been excellent in that position so yeah, far this season? I think so, but it's evident to me, you know, and he's, I saw his interview he did with Paul a, a few weeks ago where he was talking about, you know, he hadn't really got his QPR career started. Thought he had a point to prove. It's really no fault of his, you know, he's picked up a few niggly injuries, but, mm. you know, he came really highly thought of, and it's refreshing for me, um, you know, we live in a day and age where we want centre-backs to be ball-playing centre-backs and bring it out from the back. That last 15 minutes, he just defended and put his body on the line. He got blocks in, got his to. foot through it, you know. Because uh, he does like to play as a centre-half. Yeah. He does like to play. He has got that ball into, yep. through the, through the almost through the passing through the midfield, going direct to the front man. He has got that. Yeah, he's got a lovely left foot, yeah. No, he, uh, you know, he, he can pass it when need be. And, uh, and I say, that's great, but... When the chips are down and you're looking at your spine of your team to put their bodies on the line, he epitomised everything that you want from a centre-back. Alongside Nedimanua, who I thought he was excellent as well. Quite a big call, really, wasn't it? Uh, obviously, Jack's been so good, good at central defence and moving him out, out towards left-back, left-wing-back. Quite a big call. It'd be interesting to see if he sticks with that at the weekend, Ollie, um, for uh, for the trip to Wolves. Yeah, because Jake Bidwell's been steady Eddie, hasn't he, at, at, at left-wing-back. Um, but... That was a big call for Molly, but um, we got it right on the day. It was a big victory, wasn't it? Ten points clear now 
of the bottom three. Um, I haven't quite got the flip flops on, and and I'm sure the I'm sure the players won't have either because Oli won't won't let that happen. Um, but it was a, a huge morale boost in victory to get another victory at home going into a tough period now with you look at the away games we've got on the horizon so a real real important victory yeah as i said at the start a huge you know massive three points you know 10 points clear of the the bottom three but still all to do i made the mistake last year we beat yeah. wigan here too you were on the beach where were you <laughs> it was only weymouth though wasn't it scarborough <laughs> scarborough was it now, I think we beat Wigan here in the middle of early March last year, and that put us 10 points clear. And I think I made the mistake of saying, right, we're safe now, we can go on. Yeah. You've only got to lose four or five in a row, and mm. you, you saw what happened. So uh, so now we're 10 points clear, but we've got it all to do still, and we've got to take each game as it comes. Cliche, yes, I know, but uh, every week, you know, you're, you're battling for a point or three and accumulate as many points as you can, but a huge, huge victory against Barnsley on Saturday. I was going to say, I think it's pretty clear that, you know, we've got, you touched on the away games, got some really difficult away games, but beating the likes of Bolton and Forest in the coming weeks would really kind of, you'd like to say that if if we could get results from those games, it would put us a lot closer to actually being... being I think I think you make a great point there, because in recent weeks, we've beaten the teams around us, mm. which is massive. You're playing teams around you, you don't get beat. First and foremost, you don't get beat. But we got to Birmingham and they beat you, they claw you back. We got to Burton and they beat you, they claw you back. Barnsley could have clawed us back the other day. So One it's huge, hugely important that you beat the teams in and around you. Well, Joel, thanks for joining us on the Loftcast. Firstly, we'll talk about the win over Barnsley. You look at the league table before and after, and it was a very important win. Is it something that the players were aware of going into that game, that it was an important win to to really build a cushion between us and the bottom three? Yeah, definitely. Before the game, we're obviously looking at the table and uh, looking at uh, the other other games that were going on around us. And... uh, uh, we knew that it was an important game, obviously a home game. So it was a game that we thought we could, we'd, we'd definitely, uh, we could win, get a good result, and um, obviously to get, to get the result was brilliant. And uh, it's uh, it sort of give us that cushion at the minute and, uh, and a bit of a platform to sort sort of kick on and build on. Really, it was a scrappy first half, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think it was always going to be like. I think Barnsley are a bit like that. I think they they are a good football inside, but um, they're not really scared to just. Uh, just sort of stick it in behind you and put the pressure on and whatever. So uh, yeah, it was it was quite a scrappy game. Obviously, the pitch at the moment isn't isn't too good, so it's a bit all over the place. But uh, yeah, it's just good to get the result. I think we sort of we dug in. We we looked quite solid. I thought throughout the game, and uh, obviously to get the win, it was great. What was said at half time? Because at that stage, the game was really in the balance. Yeah, I still thought I definitely thought we were definitely the better better side in in the first half. I think. Um, we were the ones making mistakes, really. I think we were just giving the ball away a bit too much and, and stuff. But uh, we, we definitely looked the better side. I thought we felt quite comfortable. And uh, I think uh, we're just, we're so de- desperate to get results and sort of mm-hmm. and, and win at times. I think we sort of we try and get forward too quickly. We uh, we don't sort of. Uh, well, the manager said to us at half time that we just need to sort of relax a little bit and just sort of keep the ball a little bit more, sort of build. Build away out the pitch instead of sort of um, sort of going like all, all guns blazing sort of thing and, and and everyone sort of running running trying to get into the box and and, and get the ball forward as quick as possible. So uh, yeah, we sort of calmed down a bit and kept the ball a bit more, and I think it sort of worked in our favour really. And some goal from Josh going that ended up settling it. Yeah, I mean, I was still complaining about the uh, penalty decision. So and Matt Smith. Was, yeah, 
absolutely yeah so I just still had my arms up in the air <laughs> I couldn't believe it and uh, yeah just looked back, looked up and it sort of the ball sort of went over my shoulder and then just right into the top hand corner so it was a great goal uh, obviously a lad who's, who's playing well week in week out and so obviously he's got something that he deserved in the end James Perch said afterwards he tries that all the time in training and it never comes off yeah, well, it's going, yeah, he's got a good strike in him. I think yeah. he's scored a few like that in training, a few sort of good goals. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like he's, he's, he's been brilliant. I think he's been definitely one of our best players this season. And uh, it's just a little reward from him. I think, uh, obviously, it was a bit weird from him scoring against his old team. But, uh, yes, it was, we needed that goal and, uh, and he deserved it as well. Ryan Manning, obviously, came on desperate to impress and he got himself sent off shortly after coming on. And then it was a. It wasn't so much a back to the walls job. It's probably what people expected for the last twenty minutes that it would be back to the walls. But we managed the game so well, and actually we were the, the team that created the better chances in those closing stages. It was a well marshaled backline. Yeah, definitely. I think um, with that little bit more experience uh, in in the team in the, in the starting eleven, I think uh, we definitely controlled it more at the end, uh, and we we had those chances. I mean, we could have scored two or three in the last in the last ten minutes. Do you know what I mean? If we were just yeah. a little bit more. Um, uh, clin- clinical. Yeah, clinical in front of goal. So, um, yeah, I'm, I mean, it was always going to be like that. I think uh, when you go down to ten men, but uh, I thought I thought we did really well uh, in the latter stages of the game. Alex Smithies always takes some beating, but he needed your help in the closing stages. A great block from you to put it over the crossbar. What do you remember about it? Um, I sort of remember the ball. The, the striker sort of held it up, and he's right in the middle of the box. And I thought the Smithies. Like, because he was so close to the goal, I didn't think that Smithies would be able to cover the whole goal as, as good as he is normally. <laughs> so I sort of stayed in my position, like by the side of the goal. There's no point in me sort of squeezing up because there wasn't really going to be an offside in that sort of because they, they were so close to the goal. So I just sort of stayed in my position, thinking that if he hits it in this corner, I'm here to cover it. And luckily for me, he hit it in the corner, <laughs> and I sort of stuck my leg out of it, and it went over the bar. So yeah, I, was, I mean, I, I I remember sort of celebrating the clearance because I was so. Mm. I think that uh, personally and, and from the, t- the team, we can have a we can have a good game, and one little mistake can cost us. And do you know what I mean? People are talking about a mistake, so it's always absolutely buzzing just to sort of get through that ninety minutes and, and and for us to win the game. And that that clearance sort of sort of shows if personally on a personal level, it's just sort of like a. I felt like, you know, I mean, I'm back, sort of being the yeah. team, and I've worked my way hard to get fit, and it was like my reward, my reward that to myself. Do you know what I mean? You so. can tell at the end what that win meant for you. You certainly were delighted at the final whistle, and it has been a, a frustrating season for you, and it's been frustrating for you by your own words since you've come to QPR from Huddersfield because of the injury problems you've had and. This season you, you had the hamstring problem and then you just got back, you were back in the starting eleven, and then you had the foot injury which kept you out for five weeks as well. And Touchwood, now you're you're back in the side and uh, you're back to full fitness. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely this season. I, th- I mean, I, over the summer I worked really hard to get myself fit and come back in good shape and mm. I was really unfortunate. I don't know how I did it, but I sort of like split my hamstring tendon, which is like a really quite, quite a, a weird injury, but... Um, sort of kept me out for a while and uh, and then coming back I thought that I'd worked really hard to get back and uh, just Derby I literally jumped up for a header and landed on my foot awkwardly and my foot went underneath me and I snap, ended up snapping like ligaments in my foot so it was 
it was just really unlucky for, or I see it as unlucky because of because of how hard I feel like I've been working like off off the pitch and and uh obviously I just want to play as many games as I can but um in order to do that I need to I need to play uh I keep fit keep myself 100% fit and uh keep sort of doing that extra bit I think the the older I get like I'm 30 years old now so I need to do that extra bit more to sort of keep in shape and keep keep myself in, in contention to play because I, I realise there's competition for places all the time. If I said to my wife, you look like you've lost weight, her response would be, did I look fat before? So I hope that conversation doesn't go down that route, but you do look leaner. Yeah, I, 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 I've actually lost a lot of weight, which is, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not ashamed to say it really. I think uh, in the place I was, I mean, in, in my previous club, I was sort of just... Uh, I don't. It's not nice to say it, but I was sort of coasting through, and uh, I, th- I think that uh, the, the gaffer sort of realised the potential in me, the potential in me to to get a lot fitter and, and and to improve as a player. I think that was sort of the only way that I felt I could I could really improve. The fitter I get, the easier everything mm-hmm. is, and the less the less you've got to think about uh, decisions on the pitch because you're just you're mentally there and you're physically there. So um, yeah, it's just been a case of getting myself a lot fitter, a lot leaner. Obviously, losing the weight and it's definitely helped a lot. And that coincided with you being out the side earlier this season with the injury trouble. Is it a special program that you devise it in order to to get get leaner? Um, yeah, I mean, just being it being injured uh, in a way has helped because of the, being in the gym all the time. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and the, I mean the, the fitness coaches at the club are, are fantastic and they and they really. Uh, do work you hard when you're injured. I think that's why you see a lot of in, uh, people who are injured coming back quite quickly, and and fitter uh, in in a lot of cases. So uh, yeah, I've just sort of been doing sort of extra sessions in the morning and stuff like that before the other lads come in, and and it's just worked in my favour and it's helped me out a lot. And this weekend it's the trip to tabletop in Wolves. They look like they're running away with the the league, but we won there last season and now it's a real yardstick to measure ourselves against yeah definitely I mean I, I got in um, on Saturday night and watched watched their game on, on TV and uh, they look like a, a brilliant side like really good they don't look like a championship team to be honest they look like a Premier League team already so it's obviously going to be a test for us they're, they're full of confidence and just the way they're playing is just it's it's proven really hard for teams to go there and get results and they're just on a great run of form but uh, at the same time it's still a championship and and you've seen it before like people I've always said like people just beat people beat each other on whoever sort of turns up on the day I mean you can have a you can have as long as you have a good day do you know what I mean and the other team's not not having a great day I'm sure we can uh, sort of go there I don't think we've got that much of a point to prove because I mean if you look at them there what are they 12 points or whatever they are at the top of the league and I think we can sort of go there and just uh, get the ball down and sort of enjoy it I think they'll give us they'll give us time to play as well so I think that the passing side of our game will will be able to show it as well so um, I think it'll be a good good game for us and, and, and like I said we've we don't have a point to prove. We just we can just go there and enjoy enjoy the game and just work as hard as we can and try and get something out of the game. Great stuff. And just finally, for you personally, what's the target between now and the end of this season? 
Uh, personally, yeah, just play as many games as I can. I've, I realised that in my in my position at the minute that I've, I have to be on top of my game, I have to be on top of my fitness, I have to train well all week. Uh, because of the options the manager's got in that Yeah, position. obviously, yeah. Uh, uh, because of the option, options the manager's got. And uh, it, it, it'll be an achievement for myself just to play as many games as I can. Obviously, I want to play every single game to the, from now to the end of the season. That, that, that would be obviously a goal of mine. But... Uh, it means me just being absolutely 100% every day and uh, I'll just see what happens. But to to finish the season and uh, for people to be thinking that um, we can push on next year, do you know what I mean? I think uh, teams, if there's been a few teams, teams like Bristol City who have taken a few years to sort of get going uh, when they've started to start again and rebuild and whatever, and I think that's what we're doing. I think if we can sort of build our way uh, towards the end of the season, uh, hopefully people will be bit more optimistic about uh, next season and, and our chances Great to hear the thoughts there of Joel Lynch who as we discussed earlier enjoyed a, a really positive afternoon on Saturday at Loftus Road and it was nice to hear him there since talk about celebrating a clearance you often hear of players celebrating goals as you would um, but he celebrated that clearance right late on and it was almost as he said in the interview there him saying I'm back he did feel like it was a, a huge win not just for the team but for him personally after a tough period well a defender making a clearance like that or a goalkeeper making a save is mm. as good as someone scoring a goal at the other end you know yeah. and that's what it means And because imagine how flat the place would have been having played well with 10 men yeah. how flat it would have been if it had finished yeah. one and with 10 minutes to go with a man down you, you know it, it, it could have gone against you but uh, no fantastic fantastic to see the way you played and you know for for him to celebrate or to say we're celebrating shows what it means to defenders because they thrive or they should be thriving on clean sheets. You know, goal scorers yep. are judged on what they what they do at the the business end of the pitch, but vitally it's what happens in your your box as well. And he was brilliant. And we'll need more of those same defensive qualities this weekend. I don't know why Webby's got the. Uh laughter here he's having a bit of a laughing fit but we'll carry on because we are a professional podcast um okay moving on um as we were saying we'll need more of those uh defensive qualities this weekend from joel lynch and co because it's a nice trip to wolverhampton Wanderers, flying high at the top of the table 11 points clear away win <laughs> why not why not <laughs> not for us did it a few weeks ago they did so, and we've got uh, a decent record at, at Wolves won the last two years, years haven't we yeah we've, whether you've seen a few victories there for yeah, QBR the, over the years we were watching the um, I was talking about Wolves we were watching their game against um, Sheffield United and the telly after, after, after I went on, on Saturday weren't we and uh, I don't think I've I don't think has it been a better team at this level since for your, for your money well, Joel Lynch said there, didn't he, in that interview? They already look like a Premier League team, so yeah, they're a, they're a, they're a really good side. You know, you've only got to look at the personnel they've got on the side, uh, the, the money that they've paid for. You know, the midfield player Nevis, uh, yeah. what is it, a, a record? Who for me, Nevis could walk into exactly the top six midfield, so maybe with the exception of City. They're almost just like what I said about us. You know, it's it's, it's not over. And I've read their sort of reports and their players saying the manager demands every game's played like a cup final. Mm. So they'll they'll go one game at a time, but they're eleven points clear. You know, most goals scored, fewest conceded. No coincidence that they're riding high at the top. But of you the did league. make a point there that they did lose um, at home just two weeks ago. That was their second to last home game. Uh, they beat Sheffield United three 0 on Saturday, but prior to that they had lost two 0 to Nottingham Forest. Forest's only win, I think, so far under Karanka. So if you go there and you set your stall out and you do the right things, they they can be got out, as we proved at home when we beat them two yeah. one. I, I think it's. You know, we're probably going to, we're 
almost definitely going to have to ride our luck with how, how they do play and, and the way they manipulate the ball. But, you know, we went there last season. Was it New Year's Eve? Yeah. Was it? Pavel scored the one. Yeah, goal, we'll take he? that if, if that happens. <laughs> was that <laughs> we, what you were laughing about earlier? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll take that if it happens. But we weren't really fancy going there. So, and, 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 and like you say, you look back in October, we were we were good value to come back and you know, we were 1-0 up, weren't we, through Connor on the stroke half-time. They equalised soon after. But then Matt Smith scores a, a towering head. And it'd be interesting to see what, what way Oli goes this week because um, obviously the guys that came in on Saturday proved a point to him after perhaps being left out of the debacle at Bristol City a couple of weeks prior. So it'll be interesting to see how he lines up because you couldn't be moaning putting faith in the, in the same group of guys. Obviously, he's got question marks over whether Maslowongo will be back following a recent bout of illness. Obviously, Ryan Manning's now suspended, so he won't be in the in the match day squad. And then he's got options at the back. The Baptiste, uh, the likes of Baptiste and Bidwell come back in. So options galore, but um, big decisions to be made because it's a really tough one. Big decisions, and you, you know, you'll you'll be having a look at Wolves the way they play. I've already said Wolves have got quality all over the pitch, you know, but um, they've got pace up front. But I would I would flip that around. You know, I thought we played really, really well here. We had to defend well when we beat them, but we caused we caused problems and we caused chances. Matty Smith caused them all sorts of problems uh, here. So maybe there's a an avenue where we could exploit. You know, don't have to overcomplicate things. Get it wide, get it in the box. See so what the big man a bit. But what we probably do know, and I hope I'm proved wrong, is we're going to have to go to Wolves and we're going to probably spend a bit of time without the football. Yeah. So it's your shape's going to be really key. Your organisation uh, is going to be really numbers. key. Uh, your cohesion's going to be. But when we get the ball, we've got to make use of it. Now, whether that comes from a set play or whether it's a quick breakaway, as we showed brilliantly late on in the yeah. game on Saturday what yeah, we're we capable of Yeah, we didn't touch on that, really, but there were, there were late chances, weren't there, in, yep. the, in the game against Barnsley? Pace on the break, you know, and... There's been many a side. You look at Leicester, you know, they won the league by being a counter-attack inside. Yeah. So you can soak up a bit on Saturday. And well, Mahrez is throwing his toys out of his pram, so if we can see if we can try and get him for the afternoon, that'd be Don't, don't get me started on that one. Oh, go on. <laughs> Come on. As an ex-pro, does that... We're going a little bit off-topic here, I know, but does that anger you, disappoint you, frustrate you when you see... All of that. Really? All of that. He's a top-quality player. Yeah, he's done fantastically well. Wanted a move... Didn't meet the club's valuation. He's contracted the club. Get yourself back into training and train. And I think, like like Moz said earlier when we were discussing this, is if they keep charging him uh, his weekly wage, he'll soon be back I soon enough. So. Well, that's me, that's probably the only way. But it, it, I know we're off piste a little bit, but it does frustrate me. Yeah, lack of professionalism. We'll finish then, by, I think, by um, just reflecting on um, Curtis Fleming, who has moved on to Passers New in the last few days. He's returned back to his boyhood team, uh, Middlesbrough, where he spent uh, many happy years as a player. And I know you've got a lot of time for Curtis, as have I, Andy. You, you couldn't really begrudge him heading back home. His family are all based up there. I think he said that their training ground, Rockcliffe, is, is five minutes away from his family home up there. So it was one I know, having spoken to Curtis, really pulled on the heartstrings. Uh, it was a tough decision, but probably the, the right decision for him to make. Yeah, you can understand why he's made it. You know, he's, he is highly thought of, uh, I would like to say, on behalf of the club. You know, thanks for his efforts, what he did at the club. He's very professional, mm. very organised, very thorough. Um, but, you know, going back to Middlesbrough, spent 10 years there as a player, lives up there, he's got a young family. So from my point of view, we're a little bit disappointed, but we can fully understand why he made the move and we can only say we wish him all the best at his new club. And it'll be interesting now, Matt, to see what Ian Holloway does uh, in regard to bringing in another coach. Um, there'll be plenty of speculation. Um, I've seen 
some remarkable names linked um, for one reason or another over the last few days. But it'll be interesting to see what route the club goes down now in providing Ian Holloway with another coach. Yeah, it'd be interesting whether, you know, the input that Ollie has into it, the input that the club have into it, it I guess it depends on, I'm guessing there'll be a chat between Ollie and, and Les and, and Lee and they'll, they'll chat in terms of what, what Ollie feels he needs. Um, I'm sure names will be put forward and we'll have to see. Would that be a difficult time if you are a coach since? Would that be a difficult time to to come into a club with only a dozen or so games to go or if you're a coach, you're a coach and regardless of when you're coming in, you just get on with the job in hand? Yeah, I think so. You just get in there and you, you, you're trying immediately. Have an impact. You're working with a manager with his philosophies and beliefs but you try and make your mark on what you've been brought in for. You try and stamp your personality. You try and add to what Ian and Birch have already got and have and add to. So uh, I think as a coach, you, you're any coach wants to be on a training ground, wants to be back in work or wants to be working. And whoever it is, whenever it is, will come in and want to do well and we hope they do.